to CCS Insights podcast series. My name is Bola Rotaby and I'm the Chief of Enterprise Research here at CCS Insight and your host for today's discussion on navigating the path to secure apps. Joining me today from VMware is Darren Rice, Tanzu Value Advisor, Amir, and Michael Cote, Senior Member of the Technical Staff and a Technical Evangelist. I'm also joined by Clive Howard, CTO at Haruzi, a provider of a humanitarian fintech platform. Clive is also an Associate Practitioner Analyst with CCS Insight. Welcome to you all. Yeah, hi there. I'm looking forward to this. Thanks for having me. Hi, everyone. Good to be here. Hi, Bola. Good to be here. Excellent, excellent. Well, the year is 2023, and it's well known that security breaches are an ongoing challenge. In recent months, there have been numerous high-profile security breaches impacting various industries and organizations worldwide. These breaches can include unauthorized access, data leaks, ransomware attacks, and other forms of cyber threats targeting applications and their underlying infrastructure. Data from across CCS Insight research studies consistently cite IT security as a top priority to address, as well as a top challenge to overcome. One looking at any of the messaging narratives and product updates of or new innovation launches, and security is front and center of the core capabilities on offer for many of the software providers. So I'd like to ask my first question to you, Darren, given your 24 years of experience in IT infrastructure and application modernization within the financial and banking industries. So Securing IT workloads and systems is a constant headline imperative, but why don't organizations get it right? Yeah, it's a great question, Bola. I think there's a few things here. Um, we talk about um, IT organizations, right? They're, they're, they're quite large. They've obviously got a lot of history. And so we're talking about a huge amount of technical debt existing in these companies, right? So when we talk about trying to secure systems, we're not just talking about securing modern systems. You've got to secure all your systems right back to your to your legacy. Um, it's also a constantly moving landscape, right? Technology is being brought out every day. It's moving so fast and new security vulnerabilities are discovered every day. So it's a constant race between remediating those vulnerabilities um, and discovering the next one. So... I think the other thing is when you talk about these large financial organizations, people have this kind of idea that it's either a modern application or it's end of life. There's a huge thing in between, which is applications that are happily running in life, but they're not modernized. They're running maybe on VMs or physical machines. And the reality is it's hard to keep those systems secure. Right? You've got to constantly monitor them and patch them. Right. So, so it's not an easy undertaking. Um, and so it's all about how much technical debt that organization has. And finally, it comes down to people because we do so much outsourcing now. If you think about cloud, a lot of cloud is outsourcing, right? But it's you know a lot of vulnerabilities are exploited internally, right? It's disgruntled staff or, or or whatever it is. So a lot of security has to be around the access controls we put around the systems, as well as just is it has it got the latest patch? Um, and obviously with with trusting all of your IT systems to other providers like cloud, we've got to be doubly sure that those systems are secure, so we're not even being exploited by our own operators. 
So in other words, it's actually when you think about the landscape, it's such it's vast within organizations and there's so many different vulnerability points, access points from from the brand new to the kind of legacy, happily working, you know, operations. Um, and then something comes new that you have to sort of review the security challenges or the security profile or the posture all over again. That's that's quite a that's quite a hard task. And in fact, actually, that you know nicely brings in Michael. I mean, you have an extensively or you have extensively studied how large organisations get better at building software to run better and grow their business. Where are they going wrong in this in terms of trying to secure their applications? Well, I think the you know as Darren was saying, like right now, a lot of the issue is. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity to use new technologies to make things better, right? So in my mind, just to be brief about it, like the ideal way of doing software is like, you can release your software every week if you want to, so you can start to experiment and design things and make stuff better, which I always enjoy as a customer. I don't like software that's not better. I guess it would be worse. Uh, but I think I think in doing that and moving at that speed, uh, it introduces some some possibilities for just at the very basics, like developers to get things wrong. I mean, application developers, like they're not security people. And often security policy is like, as a former application developer, really annoying. <laughs> like it's a, a lot a lot of it is sort of like doing you know, I'm being snarky about it, but like it emphasizes doing as little as possible uh, and making sure that you review it, uh, that you're following best practices. And so I think nowadays, one of the things that I see people um, getting wrong, if you will, or how they could do better is thinking about how they can automate more of security and speed it up. Almost thinking about security as something that developers are interested in and, and are happy to use. And I think a lot of that comes down to, and this is more general with all large organizations, is that companies don't really have a sense of all the activities that it takes to get a release, to get software out the door. And until you have a view in that. And until you can start going in and automating and fixing and kind of integrating all those activities that happen, um, I mean, you're always going to have an issue with a, let's say, a governance thing like like security, right? Um, and I think until you build out that, whatever you want to call it, a pipeline, a value stream or whatever, you're always going to have problems in the, uh, as people like to say, the software supply chain. Uh, you know, getting it as they would like you to have a secure software supply chain. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. And I think you mentioned a really nice point. Uh, it's that visibility um, inside of everything and what it takes to get application out. And so actually visibility is something that we constantly talk about and something that we constantly see that organizations do sometimes lack. In fact, we often find that it is the bit that, you know, that is missing. So therefore, if you can't see it, how can you secure it? Which mm. is, you know, exactly. is a real, yeah, ex yeah exactly. Um, so Clive, you know, I mean, yeah, Michael says some stuff about, oh, developers, they're really kind of like, you know, sort of um, always doing the whole security. And, you know, I think we can all chime with that. But you, you know, you have to look at development all the time and in your, you know, sort of um, date, you know, what you're doing. And you're faced with making security decisions every day, you know, especially given the nature of the humanitarian financial services platform you oversee. How does your experience um, and insights chime with those that Darren and Michael have brought up? I think, you know, there's a lot of a lot of good points. I'd pick up on uh, something that an area that that, that that both touched on, which is people. 
Um, and I think it's often often neglected in uh, in thinking about security because people often think of security as something that's sort of just a, a systems thing. And as long as there's somebody somewhere checking boxes and 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 uh, configuring things, we're all good. But I think two of the two of the biggest challenges are in people. Um, one, which was mentioned earlier, is people as a as a potential weakness. Um, so, you know, one of the things that, that we do is we run tests every now and then where we try to kind of trick people uh, as as others might do to see, you know, do they put their username and password into something that they shouldn't um, or share information that they that they shouldn't or open something that they shouldn't. Um, I think we see people as one of the biggest uh, security vulnerabilities, both in terms of accidental um, uh, sort of breaches and and deliberate, um, as as again was was touched on, and you know, we have the challenge of obviously people operating in very challenging environments um, remotely, and uh, so 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 we have to we have to take that really seriously, and making sure that the different people have have you know accesses to systems is is very much controlled. So I think I think people is is one thing in that respect. In the other respect, um, as was touched on you know taking developers as, as an example i think there is a that one of the areas where i think organizations sometimes struggle is making sure that responsibilities are clearly and correctly allocated because security is distributed across um, a number of different teams and individuals and you know you need to make sure that the people understand where what their responsibility is and then that they are skilled and empowered to be able to deliver on that you know as i think michael said you know there's this idea well you know developers are obviously responsible to a degree with regards to security whether they like it or not um but uh it's one thing to say to them okay you're responsible for this but then they need to know what that means what do they have to do do they you know do they have the knowledge do they have the skills do they have the experience etc to be able to deliver on their area of responsibility and then that's clearly you know defined against somebody else's area of responsibility for example infrastructure and you don't have things sort of slip through the gaps which can happen where somebody thinks that somebody was dealing with something and they thought someone else was dealing with something and oh look you've got a you've got a gap in your a hole in the security somewhere so i think i think people is a very important um area to consider no and and actually i i think people is always um i think people is always the kind of almost uh, the uh, fundamental point to always consider in a lot of things and and you raise some really interesting points in fact you actually already touched on the second um question that i really wanted to ask and i want to come back to you michael um on this because you know clive here has talked about sort of like you know the you know vulnerability of people you know sort of um knowing you know whose responsibility who's responsible responsible for it and at everyone having the right you know sort of roles in that place so where else do you see are the you know sort of security pressure points in the it supply chain and does this change across industries in your experience in general it doesn't change across industries i mean you know in just just like yourself in in the 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 business that i'm in i talk with a lot of organizations and they all tend to think they're special and they are special in their own ways, but they tend to have the same problems. Um, I think I think in in banking, like if you look at the trend to have more uh, open banking, which leads to more APIs and working with third parties, I think that um, issue might be newer to banking than it is to say retail companies or maybe even logistics and things like that. So that's you know not unique, but it is something specific to banking to worry about. You, I mean, once you literally open up your your business to other people, 
that's a big deal <laughs> to, to, to worry about. And especially if you trace it all the way back to eventually, you know, going to core systems, which, you know, oftentimes involve mainframes and things like that. Now, you know, we never really complained about mainframe security because I guess it works, uh, which is kind of an interesting thing to consider. Um, however, in general, the things that I think people don't get wrong uh, to kind of detail what I or that they do get wrong is I think there is not enough attention put on essentially tracking and ensuring that the components that developers use are basically verified and the uh, the authorized ones that you're using right so you know another another concept a, a phrase that people use to describe the the end-to-end -end process of getting software out the door is like the golden path right and usually you know this comes from some uh, some spotify think and usually what that means is if we look at what developers are doing and operations people and security people, um, let's really analyze each activity that's happening and automate it as much as possible and also track as much as possible what to do. But then equally important, have that be, let's call it a point of intervention uh, to, to prevent secure things. And I think that introduces a lot of, I guess you could call it people introduced risk. And then the second thing I would go over is I think you know, people are, are important. And I think equally important is thinking about how you change the tools that you use according to how you operate and also how you change the way you, op you operate according to the tools you're using. So, for example, you know, even though uh, there's still plenty of actual applications globally to move the thing things like Kubernetes and to be containerized applications, when you actually are using containerized architectures, you have the ability to very rapidly rebuild all of production. Like several years ago, Wells Fargo talked about uh, the ability to do this. Um, and what that means is if you're aware of that ability, you can kind of change the way you're operating based on the tools you're using to just as Wells Fargo did say like, I don't know, maybe every day we're gonna rebuild production entirely, which, you know, isn't gonna catch bugs that you have. It makes it faster to deploy patches for uh, security issues that you have, but it definitely gives you, you know, essentially a 24 hour window, uh, or if you can do it faster where you can move, re remove malicious stuff and, you know, kind of clean out all the, uh, the baddies that are in there. So that's the second thing I would pay attention to is like, what tools could we be using based on the architecture of our, our application to actually have new security powers that we're using instead of just kind of like doing the same thing with new tools? Okay, so it's a case of, you know, well, we've already established that the people are, you know, a pressure point, but it's also maybe rethinking, reimagining the kind of tools that you can, that are available now that can really help rethink, yeah, sort of, address that you know so it's it's a yeah you know, i would say it's it's basically the tools and one thing um darren you know i mean you you talk to a lot of financial industries and you see a lot of things that are going on i mean do those you know what you know what other pressure points do you see to the ones that you know sort of um cody has talked to um and you know I kind of want to add also the second one, if you could also ask it, is, you know, what other, you know, what strategies are working when, you know, when they yeah, sort of identify this, what strategies are working um, for securing, you know, the application delivery um, in financial industries? Yeah, so I think one area we've talked about a lot is, um, you know, obviously having secure systems, but what, 
people that maybe haven't worked in these kind of in, uh, industries don't realize is how much time is spent demonstrating that compliance, right? Because there's a mandate that regulators will come in and they will say, you've told me you're secure, show me you're secure, right? And there'll be certain compliance. And even are you, are you even compliant to your own standards, right? And I think that's been a constant battle um, over the years to just – because obviously you have constantly shifting landscapes, as I talked about before, but that, and that's the same in terms of configuration or security or, or patches or whatever it is, right? Um, I think we just talked, to, you know, Michael touched on, um, you know, containerization, right? As I move on to the point of how do we how do we do things better, you know, if you've got systems that have been historically had delta change applied to them over many years, it's very difficult to keep re-demonstrating without just constantly re-scanning that environment um, every day that it's still compliant. Whereas if you have the concept of immutability, right, which, you know, um, you have with containers, you can demonstrate at source that what you're actually putting into production is a trusted and scanned and signed um, component. So you don't have to then, you know, look at your in- huge production environment and, and, and constantly scan and report on it, right? Um I think the you know that that that's probably an area that, that that's helping um, demonstrate compliance rather than just saying you're compliant. If if, if that makes sense. No, that does make sense. That does make sense a lot. I mean, I'd like to bring in Clive back again, actually. I mean, what strategies, I mean, you're building out on a platform every day, all the time, right? So you're at the coalface. What strategies are working for securing kind of the app, you know, the apps that you're building and, you know, and your delivery processes? You know, what's working for you? I think for us um, is to try and put as as much of the um the sort of the most critical concerns at the core of the platform so um for example you know our platform uh supports a number of 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 mobile apps um now the mobile apps you know there is a responsibility within those to to handle good practice with regards to um security but we don't rely on them for anything that is that is critical um, neither do we rely on the apis that they talk to for anything that is critical so whilst we're still applying security at these different levels in the apps at the api level layer and so on the really critical concerns come at the core of the platform itself so i think one of the challenges that you know you can run into is like with anything when you're when you're building um, applications is uh, replication of of basically the same thing in in different places and you you know you don't want that when it comes to security you don't want to have to have you know a number of different teams or number of different people really sort of having to worry about the same um, security uh, problem uh, in, in in a number of different places and then have that, you know, in a number of different places and maintained differently and so on. So I think, you know, for us, and we you know we're quite lucky because our platform is only um, a few years old. Uh, so we don't have some of the challenges that's already been, been mentioned. But um, I think, yeah, putting the critical concerns at the core is uh, is is one strategy that, that, you know, we've been able to successfully apply to to, to deal with this issue. 
Oh, that's really good. And uh, yes, I, I, I guess putting the, um, you know, the critical side, because we, I hear that all the time is, you know, sort of understand, you know, what your core pieces are and then sort of, you know, putting the, you know, thinking about the security aspect. And, and it does kind of sense of like a thinking of planning, really, isn't it? There's a security planning, almost, almost like walking away through it and thinking about what, you know, what that might look like. So that's something. Michael, I mean, you speak to a lot of organisations, as we've already established, you know, both what, you know, Darren and, and you yeah, know, sort of Clive has talked about. Is there anything you'd like to add to that? I mean, I, I, you know, I'd be curious as to see, is there any you know, specific strategies that you think are, we need to say about that? Yeah, well, you know, I think one thing that uh, uh, Darren, Darren sort of uh, talked about briefly that I think is worth looking in more is, like, considering all of your legacy applications, like all of the existing applications that you have uh, and services that you're using, which is, again, it's not something that's unique to uh, financial institutions, but it is definitely a lot more of a problem than other places where, you know, uh, in, with at, at banks and insurance companies and the like, you know, these are literally hundreds of years old companies <laughs> and organizations uh, that were sometimes some of the first users of, uh, of software and compute. Um, and so... I think I think what I see a lot, and and this is more general, but the way the way it affects security is it just makes security slower to do and more onerous and more inspecting. And as Darren was saying, it makes it harder to prove uh, your your security. Is when you have these older systems where literally you have people retiring and forget how things work, uh, you know, that's a problem for making sure things that are secure. But then when you have new development teams and, you know, whether it's mobile apps or other things coming along, uh, you have to generally put a lot of effort into making sure uh, that, as, as, as Clive was saying, you're using it securely. And I think a lot of that comes from, I mean, you know, it being old and neglected, which is a great way to run uh, a piece of technology that works perfectly and makes you a lot of money. But the moment that you need to change how you're operating and uh, start doing new things with it, uh, you know, it's time to spend some more time and resources on modernizing and updating it. And I think in particular, again, banks are beset by a huge amount of, of uh, legacy software that they're uh, nowadays, I find that they're kind of desperate to not only migrate them to cloud, but actually change uh, the, these older systems and update them. Well, that's and, and to be honest with you, that's part of the transformation process that everyone's going through, especially we talked about digital transformation is it is kind of thinking about how you kind of think and, and security is part of that transformation as well, which I think is really important. Um, and I think this this brings us to the, you know, our next question, actually. So we understand the vulnerabilities. We understand the challenges. We understand we've talked about the you know, sort of the, the pressure points and what works and what, you know, the, the processes have worked. Darren, I'd like to just come back to you actually and talk about some of the tools. You know, how have tools, you know, some of the processes and technologies evolved to kind of make IT systems less vulnerable and which roles are best served by them, especially as we kind of now talk about cloud and multi-cloud environments? Yeah, so I've always been a fan of of PaaS and sort of opinionated systems, right? Because I think, you know, it, if developers have there's been a shift left right but I think there's been a shift left without necessarily worrying about some of the roles and responsibilities that come with it I think Clive touched on it earlier um, and I think 
some of the practices and tools that have been put in place to sort of allow developers the freedom to work on what they should be working on, which is, you know, adding business value through code, right? And then putting in place sort of templated um, or, you know, golden golden path is the phrase that's been used before, right? But, but, but a route to production that has been sort of rubber stamped, it, it is opinionated. You do have to follow that path. But it does mean that if you do it, Right, then you then you have certified pieces of software that you're using. Right, you have um, templated approaches to you know, how your code hangs together and 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 brings in security modules, etc. You know, I mean, I, I've had conversations with developers in the past that said, you know. Oh, you know, why, why should I use you know the platform that you've engineered? I just want you to give me the you know give me a, a Linux VM and I'll do what I want. And it's obviously yes, but then I take care of of securing it, setting the standards, monitoring it, and all those good things. And they said, no, no, I want that, but I but I want to have the flexibility. And and obviously there needs to be a compromise between the two. So so personally, I think you know those having those guardrails in place that we have many tools that, that do these kinds of things and not having people download whatever they feel like from the internet but having sort of trusted repositories of known sources of good uh, software um, ultimately means first of all the developer doesn't have to do all that and repeated by thousands of developers throughout the organization but secondly you know it's coming from a trusted place um, and everyone's not reinventing the wheel and by reinventing the wheel introducing vulnerability possibilities. No, that's a good point, actually. I mean, I think one of the things that I often say, and from my engineering background, is yeah, discipline and repeatability and having that discipline is actually a way to being kind of innovative. And I think that discipline in, in security, which is actually having an opinion, opinionated strategy and approach, at least feels the confidence or allows people to have the confidence that they have flexibility to do what they need to do in their in their solution and that they're always they're always protected uh, and I th- and I think that's really really important and I think that's something that is that is now being in, instilled security baked in is what we always talk about certainly in the tools and the processes and the technologies that we we the organizations are bringing in so that whole security from the ground level, from the foundations, all the way, tricking all the way at all the different levels and all the different action points. That's the kind of like security fabric that everybody wants. Um, But at the same time, it's something that's either built in the tools or you have to also be aware of it and experience it in your processes. So you have to, people need to be thinking about it. And this is something we've actually talked about a lot in this conversation. Clive, do, are there any tools that you, you know, or processes that you actually specifically put in um, place to kind of address that or to, you know, to make your systems less vulnerable? Well, we um, we we use uh, a lot of cloud, as you can uh, imagine, uh, with a relatively new uh, business. And I think the thing about cloud is that on the one hand, it gives you an enormous amount um, so you know the clouds, uh, especially we're talking about the the you know the major cloud environments, give you an enormous amount of uh, security capability um, and flexibility. I think to the, to that point, um, but you do have to do something to take advantage of it. Um, and I think there's often a danger that people can think that the cloud is secure 
and that they don't necessarily need to do anything to actually take advantage of it. And that obviously opens them up to to risk. And I think, you know, there's many stories like, you know, AWS S3 buckets and things like that, which, are, you know, often highlight that that kind of uh, thinking and that kind of problem. Um, the other side of it is that uh, cloud in all respects just evolves very, very fast. And that includes the security capability. So if you are using, for example, a particular service, you may start using it and it has certain security capabilities, but six months later, a year later, uh, even less could have additional security capabilities. So you need to understand the capabilities that are available. You need to apply them correctly, but then you also need to um, be mindful that they are going to continue to evolve and you need to you know, revisit and think, okay, there's now this new capability that I should perhaps take advantage of. So I think cloud is, is, is great on the, the one hand. We've sort of moved uh, away from you know, uh, some of the things that you know, uh, was touched a moment ago, you know, how it was, was very difficult and we all had to sort of take care of everything from the ground up back in the, the day um, to not have that situation. But it doesn't mean it's just out of the box you know, good, good to go. And you can just, just sit back and think, well, it's on the cloud, therefore everything is great. That's a really good point, uh, Clive, actually, because um, you, you, you talk about all the processes um, that need to be in place. And, and it's something that Michael mentioned earlier about golden path uh, processes or golden path, yeah, sort of strategy approach. So I want to come back to you, Michael, and ask, is there a perfect pathway for delivering secure applications and systems? And what would it look like for the financial services industry? Well, I think, you know, you know, what it starts with is to 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 be the uh, you know it's not the tools it's the people person which which is always fun, but I think I think one of the things that's important to think about before you start implementing uh, a golden path or a value stream or path to production whatever you want to call it is something that 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 we um, in in the labs group that we have here at VMware. Uh, have developed over the past, I don't know, nine or 10 years or so, which is thinking about developers as customers instead of people who receive the services you deliver. And I know from our the days when I was an analyst bolo, we'd spend a lot of time talking about IT service management and ITEL and like all those wonderful things, right? And I think, I think the operations idea, people in operations now understand that if we build the infrastructure, the platforms, the golden paths that people use, <laughs> we should think about developers as our customers and like talk with them Excellent. and product manage what we're doing, right? And, and I think we're just now hopefully seeing security people think about that as well, where like, sure, you need to like deliver the service of securing your, your organization, but it's also a good idea to think about developers as not just a stakeholder, to use that word, but as a customer for what you're doing and study what, what they're doing and how they're using things. So I think when you start with that idea of, uh, I don't know, you could call it security as a product, we call it platform as a product for operations people, you can start to, again, start with that end-to-end in, in -in chain and think about, all right, let's build out the 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 various boxes in that chain that we need and i think in general if you're doing things in a container based way there's a pretty understood view of what that chain looks like right like verifying the images that you have that wrap up the libraries and third party things that you have storing them in a registry somewhere having developers build up those images and make sure you pass tests and make sure that they're following the policy that you have uh, and then you know moving down and down the chain right and we've been doing a lot of work in in the uh, the VMware Tanzu portfolio to basically take advantage of the way containerized applications are built which really 
because of the layering in containers and the way that you separate out the configuration for, uh, for well, you're, whether you're running in Cloud Foundry or Kubernetes or whatever, security people get this great chance to not only, as Darren was talking about, inspect and prove the policy that they're doing, but and I wouldn't use this language with developers so much, uh, but they also have the chance to really constrain what developers can do, right? Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a tremendous amount of control you have when you take away the ability for developers to build the software that gets deployed to production, and instead you do that on their behalf, which leads to those scenarios like Wells Fargo had of rebuilding things. But I think, yeah, like, I think there's a pretty good template to start with for when you want to build out these uh, these golden paths, if you have that, let's say, security as a product mindset going into it. That's a good point, actually. And I like that particularly because, I mean, one of the things that's really come through this whole discussion is is actually the people side. So it's really kind of thinking about getting everybody involved, all the right people involved, and actually having that com- communication, that conversation, you know, sort of, um, but at the same time, even though there's a, a level of control and discipline, which I said earlier, which from my point of view is, an, you know, sort of past life as an engineer, is that, you know, that having that discipline and that repeatability um, is, is really important because it actually does give you freedom. And in fact, even as a developer, I know developers always kind of like, you know, sort of want to have the freedom to, you know, sort of do build the features that they've been asked to fit yeah but they also want to feel you know, confident that the environment also looks you know looks you know protects them and that they're well within the sort of like the boundaries and having that conversation allows everybody to kind of like show where the levels of your know, constraint what they can do things you know bring them up to speed with things that are changing i think is really important darren i want to bring this last one um, to you before i close this conversation have you seen changes in the way that people within the financial services um, industry, you know, have they got sort of certain, yeah, specific approach, yeah, uh, processes or approaches that are very similar to what uh, Michael has talked about in terms of the golden path or, you know, value stream? So obviously, you know, the industry is huge and people are at various different points, but, you know, certainly the... The, the, the companies that are sort of being the most successful, uh, I've seen where, you know, where they are adept, adopting that, um, that that approach that was you know, we just talked about, right? Again, making sure that when you're talking about any of these topics, you're not just talking about a platform, which is obviously we have a good platform, right? But you're talking about the processes that go around it, the culture and the people that ultimately, you know, teach you how to use those platforms in a way that uh, will most benefit you. You know, things like educating developers in a way to work in a modern way that is, like you say, security baked in at the start. Um, I, and I've seen it myself. I was a customer of Tanzu, and obviously I'm now on the other side of the, I don't like to say other side of the fence. I like to say other half of the handshake. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, and I have seen it at some companies where the difference between, say, just throwing in a, a system, installing the software and saying, get on with it in the way you used to versus working, you know, we, we, you know with, with, people like our our labs teams that come in and educate people how to run these platforms securely and in a modern way right um with with security baked in with you know with these opinions uh and and seeing the opinions as as an advantage not as a constraint right so of course 
there's still a long way to go. Um, there's new technology coming along all the time, and it's almost like keeping that culture and ideology whilst also bringing in new technology like Kubernetes and cloud is his constant challenge. Um, but I've definitely seen it resonate and, and work so you can run many applications at scale, right, um, if you get it right. Okay, that's well. I think that's a perfect way to <laughs> perfect way to end this conversation. But before we do, I'd like to come back to each one of you very, very quickly. What is the one thing that you'd like to, you know, the audience to take away? So, Clive, over to you. Just one one point. Okay, I'm going to go back to uh, the point that we, we we had earlier, which is people, um, and just making sure that that people understand uh, their responsibilities when it comes to security, and that's not just the people in IT, but people across the the organisation, and making sure that they understand, making sure that they are equipped, making sure that they're skilled, and making sure that they are empowered to do what they have to do to to contribute to a good um, secure environment. Okay, Michael. Well, uh, I think if you're kind of like an executive considering all of this, it's good to think about the urgency to change, right? Because just like making software better for its own sake, people don't do that. Otherwise, they would have. And so the great thing about like security and legacy software is they can kind of go hand in hand, be on both sides of the handshake uh, to kind of create the need to actually do things. So if you want to secure things, it's a good excuse to modernize your applications. And when you want to modernize your applications, it's a good excuse to rethink the architectures you use and the tools that you use. So, you know, the higher up people who are making these strategic decisions, I would try to... uh, kind of figure out an angle to drag everything in based on on the other one good point darren yeah it's similar to 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 what michael just said but you know not ignoring that technical debt for much longer because people have done it for many years right because you're going to end up if you focus on only your you know modernizing the you know a small percentage of your applications you're still going to have the overhead of of the of the technical debt of, of the legacy applications and it's only going to get harder because there are more and more vulnerabilities discovered more and more complexity so do it now mm, that's a good point that's a good point and i would bring that up too because i think neither enough of you have mentioned about the tools and the um, um the infrastructure i would also add that increasingly many tools you know now do talk about yeah you know, and doing yes we'll talk about in in bringing in security from the from the ground up. They are imbued in the products that they give. But I think at the moment, what's really key is to make sure that you have a plan. You know, it isn't just security for security's sake, but that it fits in both from a kind of people and process side, but also from what you're actually trying to achieve. And that it's not something that's piecemeal, but something that's going to be an integrated story. So I think that yeah, sort of brings us to a rather nice little ending. So I'd like to say um, thank you both. Well, thank you to Darren, Michael and Clive for what I think has been a really great conversation, really insightful as well with lots of great ideas. And um, and I really very much like the take, uh, takeaway points. So um, I'd like to say thank you to our, um, to our uh, guests and thank you to the audience. And make sure you tune into our next CCS Insight podcast. But until then... Goodbye until our next discussion. Yeah, it was great to talk with everyone. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Hope we do it again sometime. Thanks, Bola. This has been great. <laughs>